Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield. Beat Dwight Ellett. And waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey. The other way. Marcus Bailey. Punctuates this upset with a pick six. It is Thursday, November 17th, 2022, a new episode of the Boiler Breakdown podcast coming at you, streaming live on the Boiler Breakdown Facebook page, Twitter channel, and for now, just Twitter for now, <laughs> and YouTube channel, uh, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff, follow if you haven't already. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, please give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps us out to rank amongst the other Purdue sports podcasts out there. So I'm Tanner Lee, co-host Evan Webb is joining me. Other co-host Andrew Eilers should be joining us soon. So for the first time since I believe the pre-Syracuse episode back in September, we'll have the three-man band back together. Good to be back. Good to be it back. is good to be back. Kind of took another hiatus last week. We didn't really mean to. Uh, it's just one of those weeks we all were really busy. And and to be and, honest, we didn't want to recap the Iowa game. Yeah, surely not much to talk about with that. <laughs> so we we kind of hinted on the trivia on the basketball trivia episode. We weren't gonna talk about that game, and we haven't, and we don't really plan on doing so. I'm not sure what, I'm not, what Iowa game. I don't know what I'm talking about. We yeah, Iowa until yeah. Big Ten season. So basketball. burn burn the tape, as you like to say. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tonight we got a lot more positive topics to talk about. We got uh, Purdue's big win to keep the Purdue cannon over the Illinois Fighting Illini, then ranked 21st. They won 31-24 to become bowl eligible and prove their record to 6-4. and And also the Purdue men's basketball team's off to a nice 3-0 and start, defeating Marquette on Tuesday night at home. Now they get a break until Thanksgiving next week where they'll face West Virginia. So good time to be a Boilermaker right now. Yes, sir. But let's get right into the football game, shall we? We'll cover football first. Uh, like I said, Purdue's victorious over Illinois on the road, 31-24. And just when you want to count Purdue and the <laughs> Jeff Brom squad out, they really are right back in. This is what they do. And for whatever reason, I can't figure it out, during the Brom era, during the these last six years, Purdue typically plays better on the road than they do at home. Yeah, and it's our winning a ranked team. We even had a pretty good record against ranked teams in the last, especially last. I mean, last year, especially in this year. And yeah, so that and the fact that it's on the road, it's weird. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, it's it's like they play good when their backs up against the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. this year they won at Minnesota when Minnesota was ranked twenty first. They won at Illinois when Illinois was ranked twenty first. They also had a good road win at Maryland. Should have had a road win at Syracuse, but we've covered that nauseum. Uh, mm-hmm. Wisconsin wasn't even close, but. Uh, yeah, and, and hopefully they get one more next week against Indiana. So I don't I don't understand it, but I'm not going to complain about it. Um, but it was that was a good win for Purdue last week. Really it good was. win. Um, you know, some national analysts are saying, well, Illinois is not as good as we thought they were. They lost to Michigan State and Purdue at home back-to-back weeks. And that defense is still ranked pretty good over throughout all the statistical categories. So Yeah, I guess the one thing you maybe could say – is you know, when you look at who they've played, you know they haven't really faced like a a decent passing attack. And really, probably the team right. back until you know I, I don't know much. I'm just gonna say I'm not sure if they really have a passing attack, but really until us, you can say you could argue probably the best passing attack they've seen was Indiana because they're a pass first team and Indiana beat them. They shouldn't mm-hmm. have, but they did. Right. Um, so yeah, it was one of those things where obviously they're fantastic against the run. I mean, they, I mean, they've got. Like, I think they have really good defense in that. Doing that. That's uh cornerback. He was, I mean, he's, 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 he's really good for a reason, but yeah, I think they just haven't really seen 
type of attack that that Purdue was able to put up against them. No, that's a good point. Uh, the week before when they faced Michigan State, Peyton Thorne did pass on them a little bit, kind of exposed them. But their passing attack is not as good and not as threatening as Purdue's with six-year uh, veteran quarterback Aiden O'Connell, which mm-hmm. Aiden started off the game slow, threw a pick early on, probably could have th- thrown two if not three in the first half if Illinois didn't drop yeah. him or didn't get him called back due to penalties, uh, which penalties were a huge part of the game. Illinois had 121 yards worth of penalties, which really helped Purdue. But mm-hmm. uh, when, when you, you can tell they're holding and pass interference, you got to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a good adjustment by the coaches. Um, but Aiden got in the groove, especially in the fourth quarter, made some big plays when he really needed, especially on that fourth down conversion. I think it was fourth and eight or fourth and nine to uh, TJ Sheffield, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so once again, I mean, he he comes up clutch when needed. Um, yeah. And Charlie Jones had a pretty good game. Payne Durham had a really good game. Yeah, a really um, good game. He's really, I think, starting to – his draft stock starting to really skyrocket for a tight end there. Yeah. Was just for seventy yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Charlie Jones four catches for sixty-six yards and a touchdown. You mentioned T.J. Sheffield; he had six for seventy-two, so he had the most yards out of anybody. Um, and then Mockaby had four for twenty-six, and that was our, all of our d- double-digit receiving. Back to look at Mockaby. Look at you know what he did again. You know, doing what he does. He's done all years. Twenty-eight rushes for one hundred nine yards. So, yep. I guess one hundred six next. He did lose one, but he lost three on one. But I mean. 3.8 yards of carry. It's not bad. Do you think Mockaby eclipsed 1,000 yards? First uh, Purdue running back to do so since Corey Shees in 2008? Or do you think it's – What is I mean, he? He's, uh, that's, I'm so I, know he, I know he has to hit like over 100 the next two games, which is definitely doable. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about either Northwestern or Indiana's rush defense. Um, but, I mean, if he can do it against – I mean – Illinois was a really good rush defense, and he put up 100 over 100 yards against them. So I feel like he should be able to do that against Northwestern Indiana. Um, he has 732 rushing yards. Okay, so about what? Is it 730 what? Two. Uh, what is it? 268. He needs. He what he needs. Mm-hmm. So. Take I mean, two pretty tough. good games. Yeah, yeah they're gonna be two really good games. But I mean, I think he could definitely do it. Um, I hope he does it. It'd be really cool. It's a cool story of you know. What he was, what one on depth chart to start the year, third on the depth chart, probably between or behind Daru, uh, and Downing, Downing, maybe even behind Kobe Lewis, maybe. Yeah, might have been fourth. fourth string, um, to go from that to a, a thousand yard rusher, uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think, uh, Purdue's lucky to have him. He's gonna be fun to watch the next few years. Uh, he's the first Purdue running back since Drod Void in 2005 to have four, um, Games over 100 yards in a single season. Hmm. So, uh, good accomplishment there. Good guy to be on the list of. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, Purdue's defense didn't play their best game Saturday, but they played a lot better than they had been the previous two outings against Wisconsin and Iowa. So, hopefully they can continue that effort going against Northwestern and Indiana. And, you know, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but you look at these two next two opponents – they're the worst two schools in the Big Ten. I mean, yes. if you're Purdue, you're licking your chops. You got to take advantage of this. You got to yeah. take advantage of this. You can't have stupid mistakes and let these teams have a little life. Um, mm-hmm. You got to get on them early and step on their throats. Yeah, which is kind of something that I mean, kind of like how we started off the podcast is it's something that Purdue's a little struggle with is when they're you know favored or you know when they you know, when they you know have maybe something to play for or whatever. But so you hope that. Hopefully we can, like you said, get 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 on them early and kind of just put it away and have a, you know, a game that doesn't really seem to be within reach for the opponent when it comes to the fourth quarter, like we've seen pretty much all year, except for the Indiana State game. Really, the only game that wasn't that was a, a blowout by stretch of the imagination. So hopefully we can send the seniors off in a proper way. One thing I do want to say about Purdue's defense, I should have mentioned when I was just talking about them, they did hold Chase Brown to under 100 yards. He was held in 98 after, even yards. After he the Heisman pose, too. So yeah. that. Wow, that was <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, he did get hurt in the fourth quarter, but I think he's okay to go for Michigan. He might be, I mean, yeah. a little banged up, but I think he's going to give it a go. But yeah, to hold him under 100 yards is a pretty good feat. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Purdue Demons for doing that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a cold one in West Lafayette, but it looks like it's teetering close to a sellout. 
uh, which is great. Send the seniors off as they should. Um, you know, Aiden is going through his second senior day. Charlie Jones, only one-year Boilermaker, but he's definitely left his footprint on the program. Payton mm-hmm. Durham, fifth-year senior. Jalen Graham, Corey Trice, Cam Allen, just some of the ones off the top of my head. King Doru, hopefully he can go, but I don't know. Um, those are just some of the ones off the top of my head. But a definitely a good, good group of seniors um, that have really helped get Purdue football back on track. And, um, and speaking of specifically, I remember when you know Trice committed and Graham committed. Cause I remember it was one of those things where it was like that was probably one of Brom's first like really good recruiting class, especially on the defensive side. Where it was like, man, that was you know an area that we always seem to struggle at under the Hazel era of just not having you know, not looking like a big 10 defense by any means. And I remember when Trice committed, you know, so this is the first guy off the bus type of player where, you know, he, you know, he's the guy you want walking off the bus when you show up to a game. Cause he's just, he's just a, this is a big dude, especially, you know, even for a cornerback, he's a, just a intimidating, uh, fake was, uh, I can't believe they've already, I can't believe they've already seniors. So I remember, remember when they committed like it was yesterday. So it's, but it's, they've been really good for the program. Yeah. When I think about some of our, big time playmaking seniors and I try to think of one memory when you talk about Corey Trice I go back to 2019 the astronaut uniform mm-hmm. against uh, Maryland the Maryland, pick six, pick six yep. uh, Jalen Graham I go back to last year pick six against Nebraska he had two picks that game but the pick six um, paying it's got to be the Music City Bowl mm-hmm. against against Tennessee I mean, he's had a lot of good plays and heck of a catch Saturday against Illinois but the Music City Bowl where they spun him and thought they pushed him out of bounds but he stayed yeah. in bounds and runs all the way Aiden's had a lot of good memories, but I would say uh, Michigan State last year, there was a one time he scrambled in for a touchdown on a play that looked like it was was broken, and they kind of had three guys around him. He somehow got out of it and ran in for a touchdown. Um, Cam Allen uh, had, I think it was a big interception Northwestern game in 2019. He's had quite a few interceptions, Mm -hmm. but I think 2019 he had a big one. Um, Kindo Rue had a – Big run against Nebraska. A lot, a lot of 2019 when a lot of these guys were thrown into the fire. Yeah. Um, and then Charlie Jones. Um, goodness. Uh, it's probably actually Syracuse, to be honest. That long oh, bomb really? towards the end of the game. Um, that's when I'm like, all right, this guy. I, we already knew he was good through two games, but I'm like, all right, this guy's the real deal. Like, um, so for me, it was the Penn State game. So, I, mean, I remember like people talking about him. And I was excited to see him, but I was like, you know, I'm. You know, I didn't know what to expect, and then like mm-hmm. at the Penn State game, I was like, "Whoa, okay, this kid is yeah, this kid's legit." <laughs> yep. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. Ross aid noon, uh, Fox Sports One. Like I said, really cold. It's gonna be under thirty degrees. It looks like, but doesn't look like any snow or rain. Of course, if it rains, with that cold, it's gonna turn into snow. So, uh, so I'll take that. I can I can take the cold over over rain and snow any day so looking forward to it hopefully we can send the seniors out on a high note with the w and they announced today it's the gold helmets black jerseys gold pants the traditional look so i like it we're talking about not looking ahead but i'm gonna look ahead so let's say Purdue takes care of business like they should i mean we're what we're how figure by how much on on the score app it's 18 and a half i've seen as much as 20 and a half which if that is the true line that's the first time purdue's been a 20 point or higher favorite at home against a Big Ten foe since 05 against Illinois. Wow. Yeah. And what do you think will be favorite against Indiana, assuming we win and they lose? I don't even know who they play, but... They play at Michigan State, um, okay. so they'll probably lose. Michigan State yeah. will become eligible. Um, on the road, I don't know, between 14, 17 points? I was thinking like 13, 14, probably yeah. in favor, but um, assuming we take care of those, it's eight-win season. Where does that and I know, I know. At the end of the year, you picked, you picked ten wins. I did, which could have, uh, could have been, should have, would have, could have. Yeah, but yeah, um, eight wins was about the lowest record I would have been satisfied with. Yeah. at the start of the year, I felt like, um, you know, and looking back, didn't get the greatest of wins, but yet we beat two ranked opponents at the time on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll still get us to a good bowl, and it might even get us to Luke Soil. So, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we don't have a ton we can complain about. I mean, should have, would have, could have. Um, and if you somehow, you probably won't, but if you somehow find a way to beat Michigan or Ohio State, you're going to Pasadena. Right. So, <laughs> um, and even if you lose that game, you're 8-5, and five, I think you get a good bowl. Um, yeah. So I don't know what that bowl would be, but um, I think, I mean, I think Purdue's attractive to some bowl sites because they can put up points. Yeah. And I would think most of the players would play in a bowl, 
even the players with pro aspirations, I would think. But yeah, yeah hard telling. Yeah, we don't have anybody who's a first round. No. Even. I mean, what, what Bell was a second round, uh, third round, third, third round, third round. Like, third round. I, can't, yeah. I, I can't see anybody going. I think Jalen Graham, maybe he, he hasn't had that great of a year like he did last year. And maybe had he gone, I don't know, had he had the same kind of season last year's this year, or this year's did last year, he might be looking at something like that. But right, yeah, I can't. I think probably fifth round is probably best case scenario for some of these guys. Which is, I mean, as long as you get the opportunity, is great. But yeah, I can't imagine we'll have a, like those, like the Karloftis and Bell, where it's like, you know, they've shown everything that they can do. Like, there's no need to prove anything more. But um, I think, because I remember, I think we were talking about this because we actually watched the game together over the weekend. But I, I wouldn't sure if O'Connell would, but thinking now, I think he's, I think, yeah, he would play in it. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, Charlie Jones will too. Um, I think mm-hmm. just him being on Purdue this year alone has made him a guy who's got to get drafted. Oh, yeah. um, but I think I think if you're in his position and you're you know teetering on maybe that last day uh, pick, you probably want to play and just put out even more tape out there. Um, yeah. And it'll be against a, a decent team too. Right. It's not going to be against a Florida Atlantic or, or even Northwestern. It's going to be against a pretty solid opponent. <clears throat> I see. Uh, I did see some bowl projections the other day. I was in a Citrus Bowl, the Cheese It Citrus Bowl. Now it's called against Ole Miss. Oh, the Lane Train, which would be a, a heck of a challenge. They're pretty good, <laughs> but Tennessee was pretty talented last year too. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll yeah, see where much. Purdue ends up. It's just it's just a good feeling knowing with two games left, we are going bowling. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, not our only goal, of course, but it's a good feeling. We've already got there fourth time in the six years of the Jeff Brom era. So. Yeah, I mean, and especially like when you started the Jeff Brom era, it was like going into that last game in Indiana. It was like, man, if we win, we're going bowling. But now it's just like, okay, we got that out of the way. Like, right. Uh, it's kind of like the kind of the bare minimum, kind of like with basketball. It's like, you know, making the tournament used to, I remember like as a kid, like if we make the tournament, it was the coolest thing. But now it's like, we don't make, if we had, like, we just make the tournament, that's like the bare minimum right. um, expectation. So yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I think six, seven wins is kind of the bare minimum. Well, obviously, we can talk about next year's schedule at a different time. That might be the goal next year, yeah. just the yeah. bowling game. But um, we have a lot of time before then to talk about it. Well, and I think I think it's going to be the craziest off season of the transfer portal we've seen yet in college football. Um, really? I just think there's going to be a lot of players. I don't know how many Division One football players there are. And if, but well, I guess I'm trying to think was. Because obviously last year was the entire country off, but last year it was not basketball, a lot, especially was was the portal tied with NIL. I don't was football like that as much. I feel like we at least we didn't, I feel like we didn't hear it. Maybe it was just I wasn't paying attention as much because you know obviously Purdue was a bit more active in the or was more affected by the NIL transfer portal on the basketball side that was well documented. But um, I don't I guess I don't really remember the the football one being all that talked about as much. I don't either. Um, yeah, I was listening to anything about it. Yeah, this year it may be pretty crazy. Yeah, I was I was hey. listening to a podcast the other day, and they were saying they thought it was going to be pretty, pretty crazy in the transfer portal. So, guess we will see. But uh, yes, Andrew Eiler, our other co-host, is joining us now. He's taking a break from his Green Bay Packer game. So <laughs> bedtime. I had to put. Had to put the the six month old down. Had to put the little man to Just, sleep. He, he got to watch. He got to watch the Titans score super easy right after the Butler game, and we're like, "All right, it's enough of that." Did Butler win? Yes, they won like thirty. Okay, there you go. There it you was, go. It was a close game. I think. I think uh, it was like I think Butler was down the first like fifteen minutes of the first half, and then they went on like they made thirteen straight shots, field goal attempts. Wow. Going from like the last five minutes of the first half into the five first five minutes of the second half and blew it open. And, yeah. Well, well, we were just talking about uh, the football game against Illinois. Our thoughts on Northwestern coming up, and then we we're also just talking about the state of the program, how nice it is right now to be bowl eligible, and now all of a sudden a six seven win season is kind of the minimum for expectations for Purdue. And uh, we were you even talking about yeah. we were even talking about because uh, I, I made a note. I think this off season is going to be the craziest we've seen in in terms of the transfer portal yet for football. For Purdue in general, or just college football? College football in general, but I think Purdue will be hit hit by it too, and, and it might be in their favor too. They might go grab a quarterback. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping they don't need one because I feel confident enough in Brady Allen and Alimo and 
Uh, I, I forget. The, there's, I know there's another freshman coming in. They probably will get one. I'm just assuming because I know Brom likes to have well, at least four. Right. And maybe down to three, including with three that have thrown a total of less than 10 passes in college football games. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't grab one. And I don't know what players might leave. I I have no idea. But like I was just just saying before you got on the podcast, I was listening to a college football podcast earlier this week, and they were expecting – I think they even said – I forget how many players they were estimating play Division I college football. They were expecting like 15 to 20%. To Holy jump in the portal. Crap. That was just their guess. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, how many of them, just because they go in the portal doesn't mean they leave. Right. 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 Or that they even go somewhere else and play right. football. Right. But it's crazy <laughs> nowadays. It's just wild. Um, makes you appreciate the uh, Brandon Newmans of the college college sports world because um, they're few and far between, it seems like. But, uh, mm-hmm. Andrew, did you have any thoughts on the Purdue-Illinois game? Evan and I kind of uh, share ours, but it seems so long ago because of the Marquette <laughs> game. But just like distracted, only one one game at a time. Uh, all I can remember is Illinois had a lot of penalties that really helped Purdue in the second half. Yes, they did. Um, the game I felt like was about to get out of hand. The numerous times it had to be broken up, and I'm shocked there weren't ejections or more personal fouls. Um, well, well, there was one, and I. And we were all three together playing top golf when this game was going on for everybody listening or watching the podcast. So, so our attention was kind of on the game at times, kind of not. I didn't see the play till afterwards. That one day threw Mockaby down like five, five seconds after he was out of bounds, and they didn't call anything. That could have started a big brawl. It, it was definitely it was getting chippy. Um, I mean, they, they were there was they were pushing before the second half even started. Yeah. Like the, the <laughs> that never were... happens with Purdue. No. Teams hate each other. <laughs> you know, it's just Bielma just has a bunch of thugs. <laughs> and, uh, but really, we do laugh about it, but it is Purdue's second biggest football rival. I mean, we laugh about it, and it's really a series Purdue's, Purdue's owned for the most part. They haven't lost in Champagne since 2010. I mean, I, mean, I know it's not really – I mean, we haven't played them in a long time, and you considered a lot bigger rival than Notre Dame. I don't. But, no, I don't. Yeah. But, but when you about, play them every even, year – yeah, so it's different when you don't play them anymore. You don't think Iowa's encroaching on that just because they clearly hate Purdue a lot just because <laughs> they've been burned by David Bell and Mahungu and any other Purdue wide receiver with Jeff Brown from the last four years? I would say years. in the last few years, that's probably good. You can make a good argument, but I do wish they would uh, revamp uh, the Cannon Trophy a little bit, make it a little bigger. I saw someone uh, posted that. It looks like a toy. It does. It, it's uh, – I mean, it's made sturdy. It's a heavy little little thing, but it just looks so weird. It's so small compared to most rivalry trophies. But, but like we said, good win for Purdue. Good road win over a ranked, a then ranked opponent, um, and puts them right back in conversation for the West. Got to take care of business against Northwestern Indiana and get some help. But uh, got to think Michigan's gonna get Illinois this week. So we got to think. We got to hope that Minnesota gets Iowa because. If if Iowa gets past Minnesota, I think they'll beat Nebraska next week. Yeah, I think so too. Then fans will be laughing. Is Tanner Morgan going to play? I have not read anything since last night when he was up in the air. So I know the over under for that game is like thirty two points. It's like the lowest (laughs) in the history. I saw that. Yeah, I think unbelievable. I think I think it opened at lower than that. I think it. Which really, I'm scratching my head. Why? Because. I mean, Iowa's offense isn't good, but they've been putting up more points lately. And Minnesota's offense not that bad, especially with Mo, Mo Ibrahim. It's at Minnesota. Are they going to get bad weather? Maybe they the, are. Maybe uh, they are. Like, yeah. I know it's going to be cold. I mean, here in the yeah, sure. going to be high of like 26 on Saturday. So. I think every Big Ten game will be cold this weekend. Yeah. So, but I'd rather take cold as a fan in the stands over the over snow and rain. So. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you feeling good about the Northwestern game, though, Andrew? No. I mean, <laughs> yes, I think Purdue will win. I don't think it'll be as easy as it should be. I mean, right. 18-point favorite seems like a lot. and I think I, – I don't know. I probably feel more, I probably feel worse for the IU game just because it's going to come down to, theoretically, if Minnesota takes care of business and Purdue takes care of business, then it's yep. like, oh, great. Like, yeah, Purdue's going to be another two-touchdown favorite probably. Yep. 
with uh, an IU has nothing to play for other than to ruin Purdue's season and a big rivalry already. So, and I don't remember what you projected Purdue to be before the season. I don't know if you picked them eight and four, nine and three, um, but yeah. with with how the season's gone, if Purdue does take care of business over Northwestern Indiana, how do you look back on the season going eight and four? They go eight and four and. I think it's still it's pretty positive. I mean, other than other than really not showing up for the Wisconsin and Iowa games, I mean, it's been a very weird year because I think it's been written like Brian Newber talks about how like even when they were winning, they were kind of like their opponent they were making a lot of mistakes and their opponents were just making more. Right. Yeah. Um, and then just Wisconsin and Iowa didn't and let them right. beat themselves and not show up, but right. I don't know. I think it's, um, I don't know. Not what we, I was kind of hoping Aiden O'Connell was going to go out and throw like 500 yards a game. When's the last time we won a back to back eight win seasons? I mean, it had to be like mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah so it had to be like Charles Orton era. Curtis Painter, did they ever win the back? I don't know if we got the eight with him. I don't know if we got. I don't. I don't know if we if we don't count the bowl game. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not counting. I'm actually going to lose. Orton never got back to back eight win seasons. No, seriously. Yeah, no. You got to go back to Breeze, and even then, no. I'm looking it up on Sports Reference. You got it, buddy. That's that's a good question. That's a great question. Okay, so well, I mean. Honestly, they haven't won eight games since 2007. They won – okay, they won eight games in 2006, 2007. 97, with, 98, we went 93, 94. And that was so, with two – it was with wins in the Alamo Bowl. So, we won right. eight, eight and three and eight and four. Yeah. Yeah, Breeze actually never even did it. Wow. They won yeah. nine games in 2003 with three. the loss. They lost in the Capital One Bowl in 2003. Right. And then won seven with a loss in the Sun Bowl in 04. Yep, yep. Yeah, 06, uh, then we, 2006, yeah. 2007, we did win eight games, but one was the 07 was the Motor City Bowl win. So that's so. that's pretty crazy. So, I mean, theoretically, I mean, wow. Purdue, Purdue wins out and then gets and, so, and then gets whooped by Ohio State or something like that and then goes to another decent bowl, but not like great. And they could win, they could win nine games. Yeah. Back here. Yeah, which would be, yeah. Really? Yeah. Hell, yeah they could win it. 10. <laughs> talking, talking to uh, it, buddy, it, it, buddy Colin Reed who works works at Ohio State, and he thinks he's not he doesn't feel too good about Ohio State against it, Michigan. If, if Purdue would win ten, <laughs> you get started on that damn statue right now because that means we not only went to Pasadena, we won the thing. <laughs> no, and I'm he, saying they beat Ohio State in the or yeah. Michigan in the Big Ten. We, 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 we would go to Rose Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, we would so, go to Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah the Big Ten champion goes to the Rose Bowl no matter what the record is. So, <laughs> except then, okay, so if Ohio State, but okay, so but if Ohio State wins, Purdue's not going to the Rose Bowl. Correct. They'll send Michigan. Yeah. yeah. But if Purdue but the, wins, but knocks the, Ohio State out of the playoff or Michigan out of the playoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, theoretically, yeah, and Purdue would knock them out, the other one out of the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, so, so who yeah, play and, the Pac-12. I'm already, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm sold. Let's do it. Um, well. Purdue's gonna Purdue's gonna lose like nine to six. Assuming today. that assuming the Pac-12 champion doesn't make the playoff, probably, probably USC. Big Ten just preview. A, yeah, just a preview. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be more worried about that game than I'd be worried about Ohio State for whatever reason. I was just because like we just don't we just don't play them. But I think I'd be I'd be more confident be, about uh, Ohio State. <laughs> oh, I, I think if Purdue plays USC, it'd be uh it'd be the motor it'd be the Music City Bowl all over again. I feel like I wouldn't even it. care. I'd be smiling every second. <laughs> I'd be in the stands, not even paying attention anymore. I would just Purdue's be gonna end up cloud at, nine. Like, Purdue's gonna end up in Nashville again. They better not. I mean, nothing gets the Motor Music City Bowl, but come on, you can't keep taking Purdue over and over again. <laughs> what's yeah. the one? What's the? It's not the pinch anymore. Is that the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Is that the? New York now at Yankee Stadium. No, it's still Pinstripe. The Duke's Pinstripe. Mayo's in Charlotte. Which is, yeah. yeah. It's a nice city. Yeah. There are aer- airports nice. I had a like a five-hour yeah. layover there one time. Jeez. I was really tired of that airport by the time I, <laughs> my flight took off. But, no, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, Purdue takes care of business this week, and then they can focus on the old-looking bucket next week against Indiana. Um, looking around the Big Ten, though, 
for some matchups. Uh, I want to pick your guys' brains, see who you think you're going to win these games. Wisconsin at Nebraska. I believe Wisconsin is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they cover that. Right. Yeah. Nebraska didn't hire a coach yet, right? They didn't hire Mickey Joseph. I know that was speculated. Ten and a half, excuse me, it's dropped too since I took my notes. Uh, no, they have not. And now I'm hearing Matt Rule is the big rumor name. So I've been saying that for a while. Lane, Lane Train, I thought Lane Lane Kiffin, I thought. Auburn rumors floating around there. Yeah. I think I think Wisconsin wins, but Nebraska covers. I think Nebraska cover, or Wisconsin covers. How about Indiana at Michigan State? Michigan State's a ten point favorite. They need Michigan this one covers. to go bowling. Yep, I do too. I yeah. think they went by about seventeen. Do we know who's starting for Indiana? They've got like three quarterbacks you can choose from. I don't think it matters. <laughs> so they lost their best receiver before last week. So. I think that team has quit. Yeah. Illinois at Michigan. Michigan, 18-point favorite. I think Michigan hammers them. Yeah, I think now that that – I think they're kind of like, yeah, the wind's taking out of their sails now that they've dropped two in a row. And I think – I mean, it's pretty much – I mean, out of the Purdue, Iowa, Illinois, they have the least likely chance to make it to Indy. So I, think kind of, I mean, yeah, and if, and if Purdue can shut down – I don't know, shut down. Chase Brown, I mean, he had 98 yards, but yeah. it's 50 yards under his average, and I think Michigan can definitely yeah. yeah, I think Michigan covers that. Yeah. yeah, I think they do too. I think, you know, some people could say, oh, Michigan could be overlooking them for Ohio State. I think Michigan and Ohio State are both so focused right now, it doesn't matter yeah. who they play this week. Both of their goals are to get to the playoff, and there's only one way to do that, and that's yep. to win every game. So, Speaking of Ohio State, they're 27.5-point favorites on the road at Maryland. That seems like a lot. It does. Seems like a lot. Is talking about Lowe's not back, is he? I believe he is. Is he? Uh, I just don't mm. think it's mattered lately. No. Uh, I mean, I think Ohio State, I don't think they cover that. I think they win by like 20. I, I agree. Like I agree with that. Three, yeah, I, yeah, I think like they win by a lot. like 24, not 27. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize this team's ranked as highly as they are now. Number 11, Penn State, 19 point favorites at Rutgers. Just beating up on the West. Yes. That's why they're up there. Um, I think they cover that. I do too. Rucker's bad. And the big one for Purdue, uh, Iowa at Minnesota. Minnesota's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Row that boat. I just puked in my mouth, but I agree. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to find if there's anything on Morgan. Like, if Tanner Morgan, if I, I, I searched his name on Twitter. Nothing came up that was noteworthy. That was recent anyways. 32, over under 32 and a half. <laughs> I think it's got to go over, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I'll take the over. Hammer the over. I mean, right Iowa, Iowa scored 24 against Wisconsin last week, didn't they? I know. I don't understand. I don't get it. It's a hot streak. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got to go over. I don't know. I I don't feel good for Purdue that, that Minnesota is going to beat Iowa. but I know. Yeah. I, I think I want to pick Iowa. Well, hopefully we're still focused on that game come that game time. <clears throat> that means we beat Northwestern earlier in the day. So, uh, Purdue Northwestern, your predictions and your player of the game. Uh, I think Purdue wins, we'll say, uh, 34 to 10. I think Purdue has a good game. I think Aiden O'Connell goes crazy and Payne Durham. Payne Durham has two touchdowns. Love it. Love it. Similar, I was going to say, uh, 35-17. Actually, no. I just had to cover that in the count. I was gonna say forty-two seventeen. Ooh, Aiden does what? Yeah, Aiden does what Andrew wanted. He throws like for like five hundred yards. Just the lights goes out, out. Goes out hot. And Mike, uh, he still gets over hundred yards, so we can get closer to that thousand yard mark. I was really close to Andrew's prediction. Thirty-four thirteen is my prediction. Um, yeah, I like both those O'Connell and and Mockaby. I could throw Charlie Jones in there. Payne Durham. Uh, let's let's pick somebody on defense though. Uh, Let's go Jalen Graham. 
Jalen Graham has two two interceptions. Two interceptions. One for a pick six. Yep, I like it. I like it. So, all right. Uh, well, we'll turn our attention to basketball. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about one of the sponsors of the Boiler Breakdown podcast, which is Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom's been the heart and soul of West Lafayette since the early 1990s, and they're the home of the original cheese stick. But when we stop, we like to have an ice-cold beer while trying their piece of the month, which for November is Todd's Honey Sriracha Chicken Pizza. It's their house-made honey sriracha sauce, chicken, pineapples, mozzarella cheese, and finished with a chive garnish, starting at the low price of $14. So if you're not sure what to do for the ball game on Saturday, just order two of those bad boys for $28. It puts your uh, total over... Twenty dollars. Start start with some cheese sticks, of course. Yeah. Then get yourself start a few. and end with it's a, it's a cheese stick sandwich. You start with cheese sticks. You have your pizza and with cheese sticks. Whatever you got to do to get your order over twenty dollars, then we can help you. That a piece of the month, Matt. Let's go. Let's get some uh, collaboration here. I want cheese yeah. stick like pizza. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, Mad Mush. Let's 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 do it. Let's do it. If not in December, let's do it in January. <laughs> Kick off the 2023 ride. But uh, if you order uh, over $20, you can save $5 off any order over $20 using the promo code BREAK5. That's all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5 online. Or if you go in person, just tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you. They'll be happy to take that $5 off your order over $20. That's Mad Mushroom Feed your head and we thank them for being a sponsor yet again this year of the boiler breakdown podcast yes they are indeed boilermaker basketball three and oh start just like we all thought yeah i think so um i mean they've looked a little at least i don't know the guards have been a lot better than i was expecting yep Yep. Um, how was the environment the other night in Mackey, Evan? Since you were there, Andrew and I were watching on TV. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. And I know okay. you kind of had a, you had a comment about it seemed quiet. And I actually saw some people on the board start saying the same thing about, you know, hey, it sounded you know pretty dead in there. And a couple people who were chiming in kind of had the same thing. It was my, as I said, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, obviously, it was, there was, uh, I think it was section 113, which is right to the left of the student section that's above the tunnel. That area never really filled up. It was like, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like it was completely empty, but it was like, you know, it was very noticeable that there were some seats empty. Um, but I thought, you know, obviously there were some stretches where it was a little dead just because of how pretty it was playing. We weren't really giving people a whole lot to cheer about. Um, but when when we got on some runs, it got, you know, it was pretty peak Mackey where it was getting, you know, pretty loud and it was a lot of fun to be back. Could you tell a difference with the court in person? Um. I, mean, I kind of noticed it just because I, I looked for it, um, but it, it it did seem a little brighter in there. I mean, I was absolutely in love with the uniforms, the black uniforms. I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to go to the first two games, so I haven't seen the white unis in person, but the black ones were just so sharp. Yeah, Purdue took care of business the first two games, Milwaukee and Austin P, like they should, and Zach Eady had a really good second game. First game, he was effective on the boards and on with shot blocking, maybe not so much points. Yeah, he didn't finish super well against Milwaukee, but didn't really need him. But uh, Austin P was dominant, and the other night he was a monster in the second half. Um, aggressive, and I just like what I see on the defensive end out of him. If he can alter shots and block a couple shots per game, I mean, he can get right there on the all-defensive team for the Big Ten. I mean, he's averaging three blocks, and he's mm-hmm. moving. He's moving really well. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's – maybe he didn't have that opportunity. I just don't remember it, or he's just that much quicker. I mean, I always knew he was pretty athletic, especially he's very athletic for a seven foot four, 300-pound man. But, uh, yeah, he moves pretty well. Well, he is a former hockey player. Wait, if you didn't really? know, if you didn't know, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I thought. I mean, what I was crazy too was listening. I don't know if it was just reading afterwards or the post game, but he played like thirty three. I used to look it up. Career, career high minutes, yeah, minutes, yeah. thirty three uh-huh. minutes. Yep. I, like I, I mean, just being there. Like I, I guess I never. It didn't seem like it, he played that. I know he played obviously a lot, but I, I would not have guessed that he played thirty three minutes. I would have guessed that Braden played a lot more than him and he played six minutes less than than zach did um, yeah and i'm trying to think because i mean even in the second half when purdue kind of went on and so i mean he, he went on fire but i think at like the 10 to 5 minute mark 
pretty went small without yes. the with first flipped the game Kaufman, flipped the game and yeah and that flipped the game and mm-hmm. then they even had Morton I think play the four with first mm-hmm. at the five I think mm-hmm. even for a yep. time and and that was what was when Purdue got turned it up on defense and rebounding and offense moved and yeah I thought that was a great in-game adjustment by Matt Painter. I thought that was fantastic. I honestly was when, at, at the yeah. time, I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we taking <laughs> Zach were, out? And they're like, ah, that's why he makes the big bucks, because I'm sitting on yeah. the couch watching games. <laughs> they were rolling, and then ED came back in with like four and a half minutes to go, and I was kind of like, are we sure we want to like mess this up? And I was like, I don't yeah. know if we, want, if we need ED. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, uh, there was a point, which I, mean, I, I was a little confused about this too, and I was feeling bored to her. But well, there was a really quick stretch where, towards the end where first played really well. You know, he, he had that block shot. He had that dunk. They about ripped yeah. the damn rim off. Um, and then he took him out for Waddell, who had not played very well. And, like, <laughs> people, the crowd was not very happy. Like, people in my section were not very happy with that. But, I mean, Waddell played a lot more. I know I've said this. I couldn't believe he, he finished yeah. the game. Like, he was yeah. in, like, in crunch time. I mean, maybe maybe to make free throws and not going to yeah, turn I think, the ball I think over, Matt but... loves his length. And obviously, I think he makes smart plays. Um, his shot looked not good. Obviously, he doesn't have good form. Way. He doesn't have yeah, good form. form. I mean, for his dad being a former college basketball player, he, his, his shot is weird. Because as soon as he shot it, I was like – if that goes in, that's going to surprise me. Hey, about, I think um, he airballed or he bricked it, didn't he? Like he it barely hit rim. It nicked okay, first. Hit the first, had, first had it had an airball through this. Yeah. He left his hand. I was like, that is going to be nowhere close to the rim. But um, I don't know where I was going with this. But, yeah, I mean, Waddell, like, he, he played well. I mean, towards the end, like, I think he's just – he's long. But I was expecting him to play – Morton freshman year minutes, like where Morton, when he got sick with mono and essentially just never could get a, you know, a, a footing in the rotation, you know, with Waddell coming off the knee injury and it sounded like, it, you know, his, his, you know, journey back to being hundred percent wasn't as smooth as we they had been hoping. I was like, he's not gonna play it all this year sort of thing. Like he's gonna be riding the bench with, you know, the red shirt guys, but he's played a lot more than I anticipated. Well, he only played, he still only played 10 minutes. Right, but I guess he played. Right. Yeah, in fact, he played the, 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 the game four. Was, yeah, four yeah. of those minutes came the last four minutes of the game. Yeah. I, th- I think Matt trusts his defense. Yeah, so, he's he's long. He's very um, long. But yeah, Purdue's deep right now, going ten guys deep. Um, and like Andrew pointed out, right when we started talking about basketball, the guards have been a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all read the hype all offseason about Braden Smith, but whoo, he's fun to watch. Fearless. Yeah. He's uh oh my god he's gonna get boo- he's gonna get booed a lot. <laughs> Every all thirteen schools that he goes to, and soon in a few years, fifteen schools yeah. he goes to, he's got to get booed. But it's gonna be lovely. Um, yeah, he's the guy you want on his run, team. His little six zero run that, that like kept Purdue. Was that when they flipped it and Purdue took the lead, or was that when he was matching? Joplin or somebody who hit like three threes in a row. Joplin. Now, you guys might be like, I didn't actually know the page. Did Joplin play the first half? Did have zero points, though. He played played 21 minutes total in the game, so he had to have played at least something in the first half. I I was talking to somebody after the game, and like, did he like not play in the first half? Like, was it disciplinary? And I was like, because he came in, I was like, I looked up, and I was like, see, he like two threes, and I was like, look up, I was like, that's his first two, that's his first. Six points and they're both threes, and also he had like twenty. I was like, he hit five of seven, five of seven from three. He could not miss. No. It was Jones the first half, which he was pretty good. It kind of, I think Andrew, you were texting us like he hadn't hit like thirty percent in his first couple of games. Of course so like, not. Thanks, yeah, of course. But yeah, Water kind of found his level with him, but then Joplin kind of picked right, right back up where he had left off. And I was like, there's a point where it was like I was talking to my dad who was sitting with like at the about the eleven minute mark. I was like. I don't know if we're gonna win this. Like I don't think we're gonna win this game. Like it was not looking good at all. No, Purdue was down like nine at that point, weren't they? And like yeah. the 10, 10 minute mark, Purdue was down yeah. nine, and then they dominated the last ten minutes of the game. I started to get worried we we're gonna get run out of the gym. Yeah, that, that was my, at that point. I was just like, so it's kind of like, okay, you know, it's the first big test. Like we're gonna have ups and downs. I was like, just don't get blown out on your own gym. Like I know we're probably gonna blown out at some point this year. That's you know, hopefully guys not down south, but like at Michigan or I don't know if we play at Michigan, but like someplace like that. I don't know. I'm like, just don't get run out of your own gym. <laughs> the first I, like opportunity you have. I have PTSD. when you say at Michigan? Cause I just hear that PA announcer. <laughs> three! Oh, I hate it. I hate playing up there. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know if we play up there either, but we probably do. Um, 
But no, I thought that was a big statement to Purdue, how they played the last 10 minutes, especially on defense. Got crucial stops. Felt like Marquette went about five minutes without a bucket down there late. No, they did. And um, there, were, there were a couple of times where Purdue was kicking the ball around and Marquette got three or four shots yep. because they kept, cause yeah. they kept getting loose couldn't, balls couldn't get and not the grabbing rebound. it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, was the other we were pretty fortunate that they could have – buried Purdue had they sure um, to knock some shots down but yeah, that was I don't know if they would have buried it I think they would have kept it because I think when they started missing when they had those opportunities within that last 10 minutes when Purdue yeah. was playing good defense just not finishing and getting the they're fun, running into each other knocking it out of each other's hands or just Marquette just kicking it out tipping it out right to their guy but I'm trying to see where the total rebounds they out rebounded us 35 to 39 yeah yeah by four which was that's closer 15, than I thought it was. Fifteen. They had fifteen offensive rebounds. Yeah. yeah. What's the, and I heard this after the game too with the crazy. So they had fifteen offensive rebounds, but only six second chance points. We had mm-hmm. eight second chance points. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really I've pleased seen, with only six yeah. turnovers. Only six yeah, turnovers against that press and, was. And even so the, area, like, the first, the first two games, pretty much had more than like six or seven turnovers max. Yeah. Which, I mean, there were games last year, Purdue had like 20 and didn't Purdue have like 15 plus multiple times. Yeah, Braden had a couple right at the very beginning. Oh, that was bad. That was was like, oh, God. And then then he's kind of settled in. But yeah, some of those should kind of go back to Braden. We were talking about like some of his shots, like they hit that circus shot that I think they pretty much posted on. Yeah. Yeah, The first one of the 6 0 run, yeah. Yeah, they, they posted a picture of him like when he went up and like the guy's like going to block it and you can see the shot and it's like the captures this shot went in and like you yeah. got the picture like there's no way this guy's sending it back in the brain's throat and it went in but just enough was, uh, backboard off the rim like yeah. just enough. Well, a lawyer even hits a few threes sometimes. And I'm like, how did he make that? Like he didn't yeah, have he had, any space. Like, he had the one where he had no space at all, but then he missed a wide open one. Yeah, actually, my really impressed with was Jenkins. Jenkins was awesome. He was, oh he, yeah, he was he, great. He was great. I think he, yeah. he was huge, yeah. And I think uh, he was excited. He's like he's a perfect like guard mm-hmm. off the bench. I don't think I don't see him starting, but I mean he could if yeah. if, if lawyer ever struggles. I mean I could see him sliding in. And I know I think they even asked Smith about it because they played together in that one. Pretty went small. I think they had Smith mm-hmm. and Jenkins out there for a a big mm-hmm. stretch, and they went really offense looked really good and. Um, I was like, I could, I could see him starting, but I think they need lawyer out there spacing, right? And, and, but and a little, a little bigger, but uh, still would like to see the guys make the free throws at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, that was lawyer. Yeah, what the heck? I was like, oh, for long, three, long on all right? three of them. He was, he was one for four, and he went long yeah. on all three of his misses. Well, and then the one he made was after a lane violation, wasn't it, or something, or was it? They already yeah. had two. Is it the end? I don't remember that. Well, maybe like on the, TV it looked like a lane violation. They, I don't know what they didn't say, but maybe yeah, he okay. had two and he missed the first, and everybody went like he rebounded, like it was a one and one. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, two. it was their tenth. I know what you're talking about. It was their tenth, oh, tenth okay. foul, and no one. They didn't. Okay. I don't even know if they announced those two shots, but like I mean, I saw the referee say two shots, but like yeah, as soon yeah. as they clanged off, like because even my dad was like, "Wait, what happened there?" And I was like, yeah. it's, the, "It's the tenth okay. foul." I, I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. if it was if it was two or if it was a lane violation that gave yeah. another one or not. What I really liked, though, was at the end, because I was getting a little nervous there, because it got down to three, and I was like, yeah. are you freaking kidding me with this? But then uh, Morton got fouled, and I was, I was a little nervous. I was like, I mean, he hasn't... Never he shoots has, free he, throws. Never shoots free throws. Uh, but he, he got fouled. And you could, you kinda, he like, kind of looked at the guys. He was just like, we're good. Got this. And I, was yeah. like, I was like, okay. And he, he did, and he held it. Like He knew he's like, I want to be... Yeah, yeah. Like, like, he could have passed. He's like, I'm waiting to get fouled. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was that was really good to see because I mean, obviously he's starting, but we haven't really seen. I mean, he had obviously hardly played his freshman year. It had a pretty limited role last year. Kind of came on more late, especially like in that Texas game. Um, but yeah, it was good to see somebody like that. Just kind of, I mean, he's a junior now, so he's an elder, you know, older or upperclassman. But yeah, it was nice to see him just kind of. I can't tell the guys are getting a little anxious, but he just kind of calmed it down. Once he hit those, like, all right, this is the game. So that's the great thing about having a ten guy bench. You know, we might see it shorten eventually to a nine man rotation or maybe an eight man rotation. But the good thing about having a deep bench when guys struggle, a la Mason Gillis, kind of the other night, or even Brandon Newman yeah. to a to a certain extent with at least the turnovers a little bit. You have guys come in and pick up right where they left off. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was happy with Newman too, man. He had a couple, he had two turnovers, which weren't great, but I love his like you know 
really last, I mean, last year he didn't play a whole lot, but like his freshman year, he was kind of just, you know, more of a spot up shooter. But I'm loving what we're seeing with his like pull up game and being able right. to, you know, have people bite on that shot fake because they know he can shoot and then he can go right around him and for a, you know, a nice 12, 15 footer and cash it every time. Yep. He does go shot hunting a little bit, which makes me a little yeah. concerned at times, but maybe painters gave him the green light and shooters keep shooting. I mean, I yeah. I mean, you need someone to be aggressive because they don't really right. have. I mean, you, there's definitely times with those starters out there with Smith, Boyer, Morton, where it's like two passes. Not that like, yeah. like, oh, like yeah, you keep passing up for good shots, but like that was a good shot. Like, oh, you could have taken yeah. that, like, and then you end up throwing it away because he passed the ball 18 times. Yeah, or he passed it for too long. Then it's like crap. We have three seconds. Like we're still you know two feet behind the three point line. We haven't. We, no one's tried to drive because we don't have anybody can drive. Um, but good win for the boilers i mean i think it'll be interesting to keep track of marquette's season as they go i know andrew will be in a big east foe of butler there um but i, I think they'll be i think they'll have a decent season um yeah, they look pretty athletic they look yeah. they're long and athletic um i was not a big fan of shaka but then his press conference after he was pretty yeah he pretty was very yeah, very complimentary and positive on Painter and mm-hmm. Smith and First and E. I was like, okay, he's okay. It's still <laughs> weird for me to see him with hair. I got so used yeah. to him being bald so many years, and then he lets his hair grow. Um, and Andrew, I think you commented in our text chain, but I, I couldn't see from my my angle. I'm kind of I I can't see his legs. But was he on the court a whole lot? Oh yeah, like <laughs> there was. He was like five feet on the court when, like I I think it was. In the, I think it was in the second half. So I think even his like, he was like he could have touched like his own guard and like Purdue was there and like the ref was in between them at one point and like they're gonna run into each other like there was and I think and the ref kept like pushing him back a little bit but never said anything. It was just kind of like waving his arm and I was like this is nuts. Like he's he's just warming it up for Izzo when Izzo comes to town <laughs> later the next year. So yeah, but, uh, it was nice to see Matt finally cut the. Head off the snake there. He did it with Chris Beard last year. Now with Shaka. So who's next? I don't know. I can't think of a coach off the top of my head that uh, has beaten Matt multiple times without Matt getting him at least once. But we do have a good friend of Matt's coming up next. The Boilers have a week off. And then uh, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time gets West Virginia and Bob Huggins, Huggy Bear, one of Matt's closest friends. That's next Thursday night on Thanksgiving. That's going to be a tough one. West Virginia is the – West Virginia, you're right. Uh, take your Thanksgiving naps early. Uh, West Virginia is the king of press. And um, who was that kid? I can't think of who it is off the top of my head. Troussant, the guard from Iowa that transferred there, can't even crack their starting lineup. Wow. So, yeah. Let's yeah, see who have they played. So West Virginia has played – um, Mount St. Mary's uh, beat them by 18. They beat Pitt. Who, Pitt just sounds awful. Yeah, Cable so needs fired. He's terrible. Yeah, they beat them by 25. They beat Moorhead State by 18. 18. Moorhead State, yeah, Moorhead State also lost to Indiana by about 40 the first game of the year. Um, I think more. I think actually Moorhead State's like predicted to win their conference. Um, and then they play Penn on uh, tomorrow. Friday, and then yeah, they then obviously play yep. Purdue out in uh, Portland. Yep, it's gonna be a big test for Purdue. If they get past that one, then they'll uh, most likely face Gonzaga, who got their butts handed to them last night by Texas. That was, that was a, did you watch the game? At all? I did not. Yeah, I was no. watching that game. Yeah, Texas just pass, yeah. took it to them. It's weird. It can happen early on in college oh, yeah. basketball. It's it's strange, but well, they said that yeah, that was Gonzaga's first true road non-conference game since 2019 because they always play like in yeah. Vegas or you know wherever <clears throat> these you know these weird games. But nobody wants to play home and home with them. Nobody wants to play them out there. So no, uh, kennel. Yep. But even if if Purdue happens to lose to West Virginia, they'll play Portland State most likely, which. I don't know anything about Portland State, but it'll be a home game for them. Yep. And then they could potentially get Duke down the road or Florida and Xavier. So you're looking at some good opponents. Um, it's yeah. going to be a good challenge for this young Purdue team. And then, like, in kind of a tournament setting, especially like a Big Ten tournament setting where you're playing, you know, games back-to-back days. So, so I'd, love to, I'd love to see Purdue play Gonzaga. Just, Me too. I know. Just to I'm, see. Yep. Yeah. That's a good experience. Test. 
good experience for the young team to see, yep. like, okay, this is this is. Let's see, Edie time. versus Timmy. <laughs> oh, Actually, let's see, like first versus Timmy. Timmy I mean, first, Tim, yeah, yeah. Timmy can move. Yeah. Kaufman Wren even against them yeah. a little bit. So, yep, it'll be a good test. It'll be good measuring stick, and then Purdue will go down to Tallahassee for the AC Big Ten Challenge against a. Oh, and three Florida State team, but that still scares me because oh yeah, you know they're due. They're due to wake up. And I think I think they've been without some guys too. I think I think one guy was suspended for like a good portion of the season, and uh, yeah, I don't know what else they've got going on. But they are who they have coming up. They've got Florida tomorrow, so uh, Florida just lost to Florida Atlantic. That's right, they did. Yeah, and it's actually so it's at home for Florida State, but yeah, well, actually they play a uh, Mercer after that. So, friend of Purdue, uh, bunch uh, of Purdue guys down there. Yeah, yeah. Greg Gary, Ryan Smith, DJ Bird. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Purdue South down there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, fun. Glad basketball's back. This is where it gets fun. You get the bigger matchups, a little crossover with football. It's a uh, it's a fun time to be a college sports fan. Good time to be a Boilermaker, as we said earlier. So, uh, Speaking of a good time to be a Boilermaker, I see the shop just keeps bringing out more and more Purdue stuff. I love it. I miss my read. But, yeah, the shop's been, you know, <laughs> just going to the top of my head, bringing shirts. You know, obviously awesome Indiana apparel since 2011. They started in the garage and worked their way all the way up to not only an online presence but two brick-and-mortar shops. So if you're ever in the indie area, Stop in. They've got one in Carmel. They've got one in Broad Ripple. Um, but the most important thing is if you go online at theshopindy.com, use promo code BREAKDOWN, you get 25% off. I'm wearing one of the new – you get in camera here. It's one of the new basketball like shirts I came out with. Bought it with the code. It's pretty great. They had a nice little sale going on last week. So take advantage of it. Good people. Great shirts. Very comfortable. All things Indiana, whether it's universities or just state parks, pacers, Pacers looking not too bad. Yeah, Benedict Matherin is one of the best. I mean, I yeah, saw that, like, yeah. Their rookie, rookie power ranking, and he was above Jaden Ivey, which I took much offense to, but I get it. He's a good player. But they got Colts, Pacers. Just, yeah, it's the shopindy.com. Break down 20% off. Yep. Take advantage of it, people. Comfortable shirts. Can't tell you how shirts. comfortable they are. So, Any final thoughts tonight as we wrap this episode up? I mean, it's, <laughs> I didn't expect this, but as soon as basketball turned on, because I, 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 we can't talk about it, right? I didn't have a whole lot of expectation for basketball this year. Um, and so usually I was like, okay, you know, I'll be able to pay attention to football a lot more. But as soon as basketball started, I was like, I feel like, and then it, part of it too is probably the loss to Iowa and Wisconsin. It kind of, kind of took the wind out of my sails, but I couldn't believe how much quicker. I'm just like, oh yeah, we still have football left <laughs> to play. But yeah, I'm sad I can't go to the game this weekend and this being at the last one of the season, but hopefully uh it's a good turnout for seniors. Yeah, I was kinda like you going into the Illinois game, I kinda felt like, uh, you know, I've already just this team's crushed me, like I'll, they broke yeah. me already. But then they beat Illinois and I'm I'm right back in it, you yeah. know, and they got a chance at the West. I'm like, All right, let's finish this thing off and have some fun down the stretch and send the seniors out in the right way. Um but w- would I mean, your if, would your tone be win. changed if if Purdue was like controlled their own destiny? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, even like if Minnesota wins, and like the next next Saturday right. is going to be like I'm going to be want to throw up. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I think it would just be different if Purdue had was in either of the Wisconsin or Iowa game. Like, yeah. okay, the Wisconsin game, they played horrible and they got, they got whooped right from the start, but Iowa, like they never were in it. And had they lost, had that game been much closer and Purdue looked a little better, it'd probably be, still be different. Cause it seemed yeah. like, like Purdue really, I mean, yeah, they, it's almost like they could luck into the West really. I mean, like, right. Right. They Yeah. Beating Minnesota, Iowa, uh, Illinois and Nebraska, and then just getting, clearly outclassed by Iowa. And I don't know if you guys feel like this, but I feel like, I mean, college football seasons usually go by quick, but I feel like this year just really flown mm-hmm. by. Just stupid. Yeah. I remember, I remember I like last why. year, like, obviously the anticipation for the basketball season was at an all-time high, but I feel like it couldn't get here fast enough. Like, I mean, we were having a good football season too, so it was fun to enjoy that ride, but I feel like this year I was like, 
now I can wait for basketball, you know, as much as I love it, but you know, I'll, I have no problem waiting, you know, it's football, we're going to be decent and I want to enjoy it. And also I was just like, nope, it's here. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. complete opposite of what it was last year. Crazy. I felt like the non-conference, like Syracuse, Florida Atlantic was just like last week. And yeah. here we are <laughs> and then getting in the middle of November, two weeks, two regular season weeks left. So, but hopefully Purdue has four football games remaining. That's, yep. that's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. So, uh, with that said, uh, let's get it on the right track. Boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Wildcats. Boiler up.